An opportunity to share the gospel with a Roman governor. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Greetings, my friends. We're moving on today in our study in Acts chapter 23. Going to be looking today at verses 23 uh, through 35. You'll remember the last time that we met, um, we learned of a plot that was afoot to kill Paul and to remove him from the scene uh, because the gospel was having impact and the kingdom was growing, and the Jewish religious leaders were feeling threatened by the presence of Paul and the gospel, and uh, they intended to kill him. Um, But uh, Paul, being wise to what was going on, um, had a nephew that came and shared this news with him. He sent the nephew to the Roman tribune, And the tribune took seriously the uh, things that Paul's nephew had shared with him. And today we pick up in verse 23 with what happens next. So as we prepare to uh, go into the word, let's take some time to lift our hearts to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for your word and its faithful instruction. We thank you, Lord God, that the Word is a reliable resource for each of us on our journey of faith. Father, I pray that we would relate to you through your Word as your Spirit works in and through the Word to transform us and to shape us to be more like your Son, Jesus. Father, speak. We're ready. We're hungry. And we've come for what you have for us. Set the table, Lord. We're coming hungry. We love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Acts 23, 23 through 35. Then he, the tribune, called two of the centurions and said, Get ready, 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. Also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. And he wrote a letter to this effect. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency the Governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. And desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found that he was being accused about questions of their law but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. And when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. And on the next day they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. When they had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. On reading the letter, he asked what province he was from, and when he learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he commanded him to be guarded at Herod's Praetorium. So um, the Roman tribune, who had been cooperating with 
the Jewish council, uh, upon learning the news that Paul's nephew shared with him, realized that he needed to get Paul out of there so he could protect him because of this plot that he discovered uh, that was uh, designed to kill Paul. Paul, being a Roman citizen, had rights, and the tribune respected those rights and brought him before the governor, uh, whose name we learn is Felix. Um, It's interesting, in verse 29, um, after learning of the Jewish council's desire to kill Paul, um, in 29, the tribune says, I found that he was being accused about questions of their law, in other words, religious matters, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. So he could not figure out on what basis Paul was being... um, plotted against um, in the sense of it appears that he had broken no Roman law. He had done nothing outwardly that would be deserving of death or imprisonment. And so from the perspective of the secular law, uh, the Roman tribune had no reason to uh, cooperate with the Jewish council in their desire to kill Paul. It was clear to him, it was obvious to him, that this was a religious disagreement, not something worthy of death or imprisonment as it relates to the Roman law. And so he did the right thing. (laughs) He took this man, Paul, and he protected his rights of citizenship, his rights of due process, and he presented him to a higher authority and allowed that higher authority to make a decision. Now, once Felix learns of what's going on, He said to Paul that he would give him a hearing after his Jewish accusers, the Jewish council, would uh, make their case before him. And so Felix was intent on protecting Paul's due process rights. Now, uh, Christians uh, are simultaneously citizens of two um, kingdoms, the worldly kingdoms to which we are born, um, so the, the country of origin that you come from is the worldly kingdom in which you have citizenship. And then upon your profession of faith in Jesus, you become a citizen of heaven. You become a member of God's family. And for the believing person, their heavenly citizenship comes first. Um, Christ and his kingdom first is the battle cry of every Um, faith-professing believer. Um, But we are simultaneously members of earthly kingdoms, and Jesus' answer to the question of, how do we handle this tension between our commitment to God and our commitment to um, uh, live up to the laws of the land? And Jesus says, uh, to Caesar what is Caesar's, to God what is God's. And um, The implication there being follow the law of the land as long as it does not call you into conflict with the law of God upon your life. Um, God's holy standard, God's holy law. Uh, But our commitment is to God first and to nation second. But we're called by Jesus our Lord to be dutiful observers of the law to the extent that the law does not call us into conflict with our faith. And so Paul is now in the custody of Felix and awaiting um, his uh, trial 
his ability to make his case um, once Felix has heard the case of his accusers. Now, Felix will discover that there's no legal case for which to continue holding Paul and that the matters at hand are religious purely as the tribune uh, has made clear. Um, I wonder, my friends, are there people <clears throat> in our journey as uh, both citizens of whatever land we come from and citizens of heaven that we need to take a stand for, that we need to step up and protect someone's rights as a matter of justice, as a matter of honoring what's right and good, um, as a matter of faith, as a matter of love, as a matter of um, doing what's right for Jesus' sake. And here's this Roman tribune, probably not a person of faith, um, perhaps pagan in his belief system. Um, in other words, um, either secular or a believer in all the gods, many gods, no gods, um, doing the right thing on the basis of what the law would mandate him to do. He was an official. He had responsibilities to the law. And uh, he did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. Now, sometimes we shrink back from doing the right thing, even when it's the right thing to do, because we count the cost and we determine for ourselves that the cost outweighs our willingness to do that which is right. Um, for Jesus' sake, we have a responsibility to step up and do what our hearts compel us to do, um, because it's both the right thing to do and perhaps also the godly thing to do, the moral thing to do, the loving thing to do to our brother or sister uh, in the world, whether they are brother and sister in the faith or uh, a fellow citizen. Uh, when we see an injustice, when we see a wrong, and we can do something about it but choose not to, um, we are being disobedient to our God, and we're um, causing harm to someone that we could step up and protect. So I'm convicted and challenged by these words, and I look forward to moving into chapter 24 and seeing what that has in store for us. And I thank you again for taking time out of your day to study with us. I pray that these words and these challenges uh, would uh, speak to your hearts and that God would continue to move through his word, making you more like Jesus. God bless.